Welcome to Indie Reads Aloud, a storytelling podcast with your host, Diana Catherine Plopa. Come gather round, grab a snack, and listen to a story. Each week, we'll feature a new indie author with a story to tell. There are no long-winded interviews, no sales pitches, just stories. Most of the stories we'll tell will be family-friendly, but if they're not, you'll get fair warning before the reading begins. If you want to hear more, investigate the story notes for links to the author and where to buy their books. You can find us at dkpwriter.com. And now, sit back, relax, and listen to a story. Welcome back, everybody. We are doing another episode of Indie Reads Aloud. Today, my good friend Mark Love is here to read for us. He's an amazing Michigan author. He writes mystery and romance and just all sorts of fun stuff. And I'm really, really excited to share him and his work with you today. Hi, Mark. Welcome. Thank you, Diane. It's always a pleasure to see you and to catch up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. The, the, Michigan's too big a state. We need to bring everybody closer. <laughs> Maybe we need to pick a central location and have quarterly meetings or something. So. That's a great idea. We will do that. So welcome. I'm really, really pleased you're going to be reading for us. Um, I'm going to tell everybody a little about you and your background. Mark Love lived for many years in metropo metropolitan Detroit area, where crime and corruption are always prevalent, unfortunately. As a former freelance reporter, Mark honed his writing skills covering features and hard news. He is the author of the Jamie Richmond Romance Mysteries, and those titles are Devious, I'm sorry, Devious, Vanishing Act and Fleeing Beauty, and the novella Stealing Haven. The short story, Don't Mess with the Gods, was written with, is it L or Ellie? Ellie. Ellie Nina Castle and was included in the Magic and Mischief Anthology. Mark also wrote the Jefferson Chain Mystery Series, including Y319 and Your Turn to Die. The latest Shane novel, The Wayward Path, has just recently been released. Congratulations, Mark. Thank you. Awesome. Mark now resides in West Michigan, where he enjoys a wide variety of music, books, travel, cooking, and the great outdoors. When you live in Michigan, being outdoors is a thing. Yeah, I do it. Yeah. Um, I'm really excited. Um, Stealing Haven, which you're going to read for us today, is the prequel to the Jamie Richmond series, correct? That's right. Okay. This is, this is a novella. It's a little bit shorter. It's a great beach read, a great summer read. So um, it's also a great opportunity to read if you find yourself um, sitting on a long commute, traveling on an airplane, curling up during a thunderstorm, good opportunities to read short novellas. Absolutely. So Stealing Haven. After months of hard work, Jamie and her best friend Linda are on vacation. Lounging on the sandy beaches of South Haven on the shore of Lake Michigan, the ladies' only plan is no plan. No deadlines for Jamie, the investigative reporter. No papers to grade for Linda, the high school teacher. 
it's time to kick back and relax. That lasted until lunchtime on Monday when they shared a table with Jared, a local cop, and Randy, a city official who only had eyes for Jamie. Casual conversation revealed a home invasion, which got Jamie's curiosity going. While the two friends explored South Haven, Jamie discovered a pattern with the home invasions. Sharing her clues with Jared, it isn't long before Jamie and Linda are recruited to help catch the crooks. Sand, sun, romance, and a mystery to solve. Sounds like the perfect vacation for Jamie. Sounds like a fun vacation for me. <laughs> I think so. I think everybody would enjoy something like that. So. Absolutely. I am super excited to hear you read. Um, it's been a little while since I finished Fleeing Beauty, so I'm ready for more of your imagination. When you are ready, sir, please read aloud. All right. We'll get started here. This is the beginning of Stealing Haven. I didn't want to move. Moving would convince me I wasn't asleep. The cool breeze caressing my bare skin was the touch of some mysterious lover who appeared when the lights went out. He treated me like a princess, understanding how the slight nuzzle behind my knee had a very unladylike effect on me. How with just tiny encouragement, the little bits I wore would disappear in a heartbeat. How, Jamie, we have to get moving, a sultry voice said. You're going to sleep away the day. We could have stayed home and done that. I waved a hand to push her away. Maybe the guy who'd been caressing my knee was still there. He was. I could tell by the wet tongue stroking my leg. I jerked awake and rolled over. Instantly, I was greeted by a mass of fur and several sloppy kisses. Satisfied, the dog moved away in pursuit of someone else to bother, and I threw my arm up over my face. Linda, can't you control Logan? My voice came out muffled. She flopped down beside me and tugged my arm down. Of course I can. He was simply following orders. We have miles of soft, sandy beach out there just waiting for us. Blue skies and enough wind to fill a sail. And who knows how many handsome men may be pining for us at this very moment. I pried open both eyes to see if she was serious. She was. Then I took a good look at her. Part of me wanted to smack her just because. She'd gotten the same four hours of sleep I had, yet Linda could have stepped out of the pages of a fashion magazine. Her luxurious dark curly hair was pulled back with a headband. The wave swept across her shoulders like gentle wings. Two weeks into June, and she sported a bronze tan I could never achieve. Her curvaceous body and shapely legs could make a gay man stand up and take notice. But it was her angelic face that always closed the deal. She rarely wore makeup. She didn't need it. Giving my head a shake to chase away the remnants of my dream, I realized she was already dressed for the beach in a modest red bikini with a white lacy blouse as a cover-up. Like that would reduce the attention she'd draw. Come on, we're wasting sunshine. How long have you been awake, I mumbled. 15 minutes, the coffee should be ready. 
there was no disguising the enthusiasm in her voice. Get ready, or I'm tempted to leave you behind. I need more than coffee. There's an adorable little bakery between here and the beach. I'll buy you a muffin. What the hell? I slid off the bed and trudged to the bathroom. God, she's so annoying at times. As gorgeous as a Hollywood icon and able to bounce out of bed ready to face the world with minimal effort. Some days I hated her. She gave the dog his daily praise as I splashed cold water on my face and raked a comb through my red locks. In the background, I heard the screen door slam as the dog slipped outside. Shedding the camisole and panties I'd worn to bed, I stepped into a bright green bikini. From my bag in the room, I dug out a threadbare man's dress shirt and slipped it on as a cover. Exiting the bedroom, Linda handed me a cardboard cup of coffee. Over one shoulder was a large straw bag filled with a beach towel, sunscreen, a pair of shorts, a floppy hat, and a book. I had one just like it sitting beside the door. I grabbed mine as we walked outside. Logan sprawled in the shade. Sitting on a camp stool was a short, stocky man with a weathered face. Thin wisps of gray hair danced in the breeze off the lake. In front of him was an easel with a tattered canvas. He turned slightly as we approached. Do you mind watching the dog while we're at the beach, Uncle Jake? Linda asked. He pointed the end of his paintbrush at her. Nah, the dog's better company than you two. I've trained him to fetch me a beer. You can't be serious, I said. Jake winked a pale brown eye at me. About which part? The beer. You love our company. Shows what you know. He twisted toward Logan and made a clicking noise with his false teeth. The dog jumped up and trotted to the corner of the house. He stuck his nose into an old galvanized tub, then pulled back with a can of beer clutched in his mouth. Logan returned and stood beside Jake. Chuckling with delight, Jake eased it from the dog's mouth. From a pocket of his paint-splattered shirt, he withdrew a dog biscuit. Logan took the treat and returned to his spot beneath the tree. With a grin, Jake opened a beer and took a healthy slug. It's 8.30 in the morning and you're drinking beer. You're corrupting my baby, Linda said. She struggled to keep her tone serious. The dog's a golden retriever. It's in his blood to fetch. Don't give him any beer, Linda admonished. Jake fluttered a hand at her. Go on, have fun, and don't be bringing any lecherous boys back here with you. Dinner's at six. Linda winked at me. She leaned, on, leaned in on Jake's right side. I leaned in on the left. Simultaneously, we kissed him on the respective cheek. I noticed a sparkle in his eye as we headed out. Is he really your uncle? No, Jake's more of an old family friend. He and his wife were close with my parents. We visited them every year, but it's been a long time since I've been back. He retired about the same time my dad did. Within a year, his wife passed away. He grumbles once in a while about moving south, but I doubt it will ever happen. He loves the lake. By the time we found the bakery, my coffee was gone. After devouring a cranberry orange muffin, 
I felt a little more human. South Haven is a popular vacation spot with people from Chicago, as well as the Detroit area. We wandered through the town and strolled down the long path, following the channel that led from the marina. Boats of all different shapes, sizes, and colors dotted the docks. Many of them were buttoned up. The owners were probably counting the hours until they could return during the evening or the weekend. As we neared the end of the channel, Linda veered off to the left in the great expanse of Sandy Beach. I stopped in my tracks as though hypnotized. What's wrong? As far as my eyes could see, Lake Michigan sprawled before us. I'd been here before a few times, but the majesty of the Great Lake never failed to overwhelm me. The green flags gently rippled from the pier and caught my attention, indicating it was safe to go into the water without fear of a rip current carrying you away. Come on, let's go find a cozy spot on the beach. I want to dip my toes in the water. I gave myself a shake and followed her. What's the matter? Afraid your bikini will melt if you get it wet? She waved her fingers over her shoulder. Linda continued walking farther away from the pier. She paused long enough to kick off her sandals, scoop them up with one hand and wiggle her toes in the sand. She did it gracefully. When I tried to mimic her moves, I nearly fell on my ass. Hopping on one foot, I managed to pull off my footwear. As I jammed them into my bag, I watched her move along. Even trudging through the shifting sand, her hips swayed as if she were dancing. I wondered if there was anything she did where she looked clumsy. Linda found the perfect spot at least 20 feet away from anyone else. Kneeling on the sand, she spread out her towel and anchored it down at the corners with her sandals and her straw bag. Shedding the cover up, she rubbed sunscreen along her shoulders, arms, and legs. I thought you were going to swim. It's the waterproof kind, better safe than sunburnt. Lord knows your skin will burn. She tossed the bottle toward me. Quickly, I applied it. With our spot secured and sunscreen on, we didn't wait a moment longer. The sun beat down on us with nary a cloud in sight. My toes hit the water and a chill raced through me. It's ice water. It's Lake Michigan, Jamie. Smart ass. I knew exactly where we were. Feels more like Lake Superior. The northernmost lake rarely warmed above freezing. Linda gave me a disgusted look and stepped further into the water. Together, we walked out until it was waist deep. In the distance, a number of people rushed across the water on kite boards, letting the wind fill their odd-shaped sails. I watched one execute several flips and turns, expertly working the breeze. Linda scraped a fingernail on my shoulders. Race you to that buoy. What boy, I smiled. She pushed me. As I fell, I saw her dive and swim toward a marker that bobbed about 30 feet ahead. Laughing, I took off after her. There was a gradual drop off from the beach, so I could have waded out to it, but it was more fun to swim. She stood there, hands on her hips like Wonder Woman. I've been waiting. For me? She shook her head, water spraying from her curls. For this vacation, 
We're two beautiful women, unencumbered by the demands of the world. Nobody is looking for us. There are no papers to grade, no deadlines to meet, no expectations. At least for this week. She hugged me. What more could we ask for? Well, a couple of gorgeous guys would be a nice change up, preferably those with jobs and some money to spend on us. I suppose you want them to be single as well, never married, no ex-wives or children to clutter the picture. She flashed me a wicked smile, perhaps a studly young monk in training going over the wall. A girl can dream, can't she? We waded back toward shore. As the sun warmed my shoulders, I thought about her comment. Linda had been seeing a guy named Daniel last month who seemed perfect. Nice looks, a good sense of humor, and a decent job. Trouble was, he lied to her. He claimed to have been recently divorced and was just starting to date again. In reality, he was only separated. Daniel strung his wife along, hinting at the possibility of reconciliation. And like a fish on the line, she'd take the bait. Whenever he was in the mood for sex, he'd pay his wife a visit. It took Linda just two dates to figure out he wasn't worth her time. She kicked him to the curb and moved on. We returned to the beach and settled back on the towels facing the sky. Within minutes, the sun dried us and warmed our skin. I dragged my bag close and used it as a pillow, letting my gaze fall on the lake. It looked like it went on forever. Maybe it did. After several hours of relaxation and quiet conversation, my stomach grumbled loudly. The muffin was a long distance memory. We gathered up our stuff, pulled on shorts and our cover-ups, and walked back into town. I noticed one of the restaurants on the main drag served lunch on their rooftop deck. It was busy, but we found an umbrella table for four in a corner. From our amazing vantage point, we could see the marina's channel and the lake in the distance. Linda scanned the menu. I looked over the crowd, scouting to see if there was a popular item being served. Two guys ascended the stairs and searched for seats. Their gazes shifted over the rooftop. One guy was about five foot eight, just a bit taller than me. He had thick blonde hair worn a little long. The other guy was shorter and more muscular. Both were wearing slacks and long sleeve dress shirts, definitely not vacationers. But the rooftop appeared overflowing. I didn't notice any empty tables. They were in for a wait. Linda happened to look up. She sized up the situation in a blink. Pushing her sunglasses on top of her head, she caught the muscular guy's attention and wiggled her fingers at him. I stared at her as he approached. Hi. His voice was so deep it belonged in the basement. I don't mean to impose, but I wonder if my friend and I could join you. The place is packed, and these are the only seats available. That is, unless you're waiting for someone else. Linda batted her lashes. No, it's just the two of us. Please sit down. Then you can tell us what's good on the menu. He grinned and motioned to his friend. I'm Jared. This sorry excuse behind me is Randy. He gently shook our hands and settled into a chair. Randy followed suit. I hope it's not an imposition. 
The food is great. We weren't expecting it to be this busy. Thought the lunch rush would be over by now. Jared chuckled. Mr. City Manager there thinks he's still in Milton or whatever you call it in small town Michigan. I keep telling him this is a vacation town. From Memorial Day to Labor Day, all bets are off. Tourism is big money. It's what makes South Haven a paradise, at least for a few months every year. I looked over at the blonde, kind of young to be the city manager. Randy sputtered for a moment, then shrugged. Yeah, I, I get that a lot. But I was a deputy manager in Milford, not Milton, Jared, for three years and did a lot of municipal work before then. City planning, downtown development, that kind of thing. He shifted gears quickly. It's all boring stuff, but necessary. Certainly not the topic for conversation for two lovely ladies on vacation. What's the best thing on the menu, Linda asked, because I'm starving. The shrimp croissant is excellent, Jared said. So is the bacon burger with blue cheese. The fish and chips are better later in the week. And the pulled pork is outstanding. The barbecue sauce has a kick that sneaks up on you. A young waitress wearing black micro shorts and a tank top with the bar's logo on it appeared. She quickly took our orders. As she wiggled away, I noticed a sparkle on Jared's left hand as he reached for his water glass. A wedding ring. Linda caught it too. Automatically, my eyes went to Randy's hands. No jewelry or the telltale band of pale skin suddenly exposed to sunlight. So what do you two do when you're not basking in the sunshine, Randy asked. Linda gave them both a sweet smile. I'm a teacher, high school history. Jamie works for one of the Detroit area major newspapers as an investigative reporter. What about you? Are you really the city manager? Randy nodded. I was hired in February. It's not as big as Milford, nor as close to the metropolitan areas, but important work nonetheless, and a good career move. He quickly explained some of his duties and responsibility. I was impressed Linda didn't start yawning. While he filled her in on the busy life of a city planner, I realized he kept his gaze on me as if memorizing my features. Uncomfortable, I toyed with the straw in my iced tea, then turned to Jared. And what keeps you busy? Jared barked out a laugh. Crime. Nothing as exciting as Detroit, but we still have to uphold the law. Mostly it's keeping the peace, issuing a few traffic tickets and busting the teenagers sneaking beers. That and chasing after my own kids. He raised his left hand and wiggled his ring finger. I think you already spotted this. That's pretty observant, Linda said with a smile. How long have you been married? There was pride in his voice. 10 years, high school sweethearts. We got two daughters, six and eight. I did a couple years at the community college, then went to the police academy. Sarah's an RN. She worked in hospitals for a while before signing on with a local doctor. Regular hours lets us spend more time together as a family. Sounds nice, I said. I meant it. It was tough to make a relationship work. So any big criminal investigations you're going on? 
Jared raised a hand and grinned. Oh, you're definitely a reporter. How about no comment? I'm just here to grab lunch, which, by the way, Randy is paying for. We all glanced at him. Randy shrugged. Tigers beat the White Sox last night. Came from behind late in the seventh. You bet against the Tigers? He winked at me and grinned. I thought the Sox were due. We can pay for our own lunch, Linda said, using her softest, sultriest voice. Randy shook his head. Nah, it's the least we can do since you were nice enough to share the table. Although I was gonna work the cop here for information. We don't wanna make the ladies uncomfortable, Jared said. My reporter's instincts kicked in. I was about to say something when Linda kicked my ankle. Ignoring her, I encouraged Randy to ask his questions. I promise not to write about it, and whatever it is, it won't scare us away. Randy shrugged. Jared took a pull on his iced tea and reluctantly told us about a complaint he was investigating. Turns out a friend of Randy's vacation home had been broken into and a few things were stolen. Mostly small items, easy to carry. Some liquor as well. So you think it's local kids? Jared turned to face me. What makes you say that? I shrugged. Local kids would know which houses belong to residents and which ones were vacationers. They'd know when the weekend people are gone. So chances are it could be days or longer before anyone would notice a break-in. Do most people with summer cottages come here every weekend, Linda asked. Randy responded, it depends. Some will spend the entire summer up here. Others will come for a week or two, then be gone for a while and return periodically for a weekend. My curiosity wouldn't be ignored. Are you sure it's only an isolated incident? Incident? What are you getting at, Jared asked. You've got one report, but maybe other places have been hit and the owners are unaware of it. Randy just said a lot of people come and go during the summer. Before Jared could reply, the food arrived. As we ate, Linda smoothly changed the subject, talking about the various boats we'd seen in the marina. Randy's got a boat. I think it's one of the reasons he wanted to move out here, Jared said, pausing to drag a thick French fry through a puddle of ketchup. He must have dreamed of being Sinbad the sailor, living on board his sturdy ship, keeping us safe from marauding pirates, searching for a mermaid or two. Randy shrugged. It keeps me out of trouble. I doubt that very much, Linda said with a giggle. Lunch was a very relaxed meal. The conversation ebbed and flowed over a number of topics. We never got back to the break-in. As the last of the food was consumed, Jared's phone chimed. He excused himself from the table and took the call. The waitress returned with a check. Despite our efforts, Randy insisted on paying. Really, it's my pleasure. We don't often get to share the company of two such lovely ladies, and I enjoyed hearing about things around Motown. Linda fluttered her fingers at him. At least let us return this favor. How about drinks this evening? Maybe around seven? Jared returned to the table. Sorry about that. Got a call from the school. Somebody's been messing around with one of the buses. Vandalism, I asked. He shook his head and laughed. 
minor league stuff, mischief. Someone pried open a window and snaked the hose inside, then cranked the faucet on. Janitor found it, but not before the water level was knee deep. Gotta go check it out. Jared clapped Brandy on the shoulder, then waved goodbye. He's a good guy. Really gone out of his way to make me feel welcome here. Randy stood. He focused his attention on me. Did I have something in my teeth? So, drinks around 7.30, and the prompted. I know just the place. From a pocket, he pulled out a business card. He scrawled something on the back and passed it to me. See you then. I've got to get back to the office. Linda reached over and snagged the business card. Really, it's a wonder you ever get laid, Jamie. That guy was practically drooling over you, and you're oblivious. Why would he take a second look at me when you're here? She flicked a crumb from her plate at me. His eyes were only on you. I'm surprised he was able to eat his lunch. There were a couple of times when I noticed his gaze on me, but thought he was trying to be polite. I said as much. She laughed and pushed away from the table. You're beautiful, Jamie. Next to you, I look like a stick figure. She put an arm around my shoulders. You're hopeless. Let's go back to the beach. Thank you very much. This is going to be a fun book. I'm looking forward to reading the rest of it. It, it really is. It was a lot of fun getting into the story and the characters, and uh, and it turned out really well. And I just so happened, in case you're looking, there's the cover. Oh, look at that. Yay! Very cool. For those yes. of you on video, there's the cover. For those of you on audio, <laughs> go buy the book. <laughs> um, that works. Mark, so. I, I have one question and then we have to go. Okay. What was your favorite thing about writing this book? Well, I've visited South Haven myself a number of times. It's a beautiful little resort area. And I've always just enjoyed the atmosphere, the different shops and everything. And when I came up with the idea of trying to do a vacation spot, I thought this would be a great little yeah. perfect scene to have this in. There's so much, there's nightlife there, there's different restaurants, and, and some of them are mentioned in the book as well. And, and the beach, and I just love being able to just camp out on the beach and just look at Lake Michigan, and it does look like it goes forever. It you know? does, it and does. It's That's one really of the wonders of living in Michigan. We, yes. we get to really enjoy the lake life. Thank you so much for coming on the program. I really appreciate it. Oh, it's my pleasure, Diana. I really enjoyed this. And, and as always, it's a, it's a lot of fun chatting with you. Thank you so much. And I look forward to you coming back and reading from one of your other books. I'd be happy to. Thank you. Have a great day. Thanks. You too. Thank you for listening to Indie Reads Aloud Radio. We hope you'll join us again next week for another story. If you're an indie author and you'd like to share your story with us, visit our website at dkpwriter.com to sign up and read aloud.